Welcome to a special edition of Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McCray. As many of you know, if you follow this show, one of our longtime sponsors has been Pivot Bio. And as we head into another harvest season, I wanted to take advantage of a chance to visit about some of their technology and how farmers are using it. Before we jump into that interview, though, this week, I should note that I've been using Pivot Bio products in our corn for the past four seasons. And because of that, I not only have some firsthand experience, but I also have questions for our guests today. And I have been hearing from a lot of you who ask me, well, what is your experience using the product? How should I use it on my farm and my operation? So this gives us a good chance to discuss some of those questions. And to be quite honest, I continue to look at the best ways to incorporate the technology into our operations. So I think it will be a fun and a good conversation for us to have, not only as I think about my farm, but as we think about farms really across uh, the country here. So joining me today, Dan Poston, who's Vice President of Field Research and Development for Pivot Bio, and Clayton Evans, a scientist with Pivot Bio. I appreciate you both uh, joining me here today as we talk through some of this. I know that some people have maybe just heard of Pivot Bio and don't know much more than that. So Clayton, maybe I should just go to you first of all and just let you talk about what is Pivot Bio? Kind of give us the thumbnail sketch of, of what this is if we've just been hearing about it but not been using it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. It really is great to be here with you today. Uh, so so in, in plain terms, Pivot Bio makes microbial nitrogen that replaces synthetic nitrogen fertilizer. And so diving a little bit into that technology, we have uh, a microbial nitrogen that takes nitrogen from the air, so atmospheric nitrogen, and converts it into a form of nitrogen that plants can use, ammonia. And so what we've done at Pivot Bio is identify microbes in the corn um, uh, microbiome or soil microbiome that are capable of fixing nitrogen. We've taken those microbes, gene edited them so that they increase the amount of nitrogen that they fix, and they release that nitrogen to the corn crop. And then we've rig rigorously tested them internally um, and with partners, and then um, released them through our commercial products, which are Pivot Bio Prune 40 and Pivot Bio Return. I think as farmers, we're pretty familiar, of course, with putting synthetic nitrogen on a crop. Can you describe what would be the big difference then uh, with what Pivot Bio is doing versus what I've maybe always done with my corn crop? Yeah, so so there there are some differences. I I, I think to to start this conversation, I, I like to go back and talk about how this isn't the first time that we've had um, an innovation or a revolution in the nitrogen industry. So going back to um, the 1800s, uh, farmers in the United States received our nitrogen fertilizer um, through things like guano and manure. And then we had the Industrial Revolution in, in 1910 and 1920s when we had the Haber-Bosch process. And so this was the creation of synthetic nitrogen fertilizers. And it's undeniable that, that that's been super vital for agriculture's mission to help us feed the, the growing population. But at the same time, uh, synthetic nitrogen is one of the most expensive inputs on the farm, um, but behind land itself, but it's also one of the, the most unpredictable. And so now moving forward, our science has evolved over the last um, decade or so, where we're having a biological revolution where, um, it uh, such as 
with Pivot Bio where we've been able to scale down those Haberbosch factories into tiny cells that can um, com- complete biological nitrogen fixation and supply nitrogen to the corn crop um, in a reliable, predictable form. Um, and in pr- proven 40s case, it's uh, replacing up to 40 pounds of synthetic nitrogen on the farm. Clayton, correct me if I'm wrong, but these microbes have always been around, I guess you would say, in the soil. Is it just now that we have the technology to be able to, in a sense, harness that and do what Pivot Bio is, is doing? Is that the right way to say it? Yeah, yep. I, I think that, that that's right. So th- these microbes have always been in the soil. They've, they've always been there um, on the root of the corn crop. Um, but over the last 100 years, they've gotten lazy at, at doing what they do best, which is fixing nitrogen. And that's because we've been applying synthetic nitrogen to the field. And so because nitrogen fixation is a really intensive process, they don't spend energy to make nitrogen. So what we're doing is, is we've taken those microbes that are capable of fixing nitrogen, gene edited them so that they fix nitrogen, even when we have nitrogen in the soil. Um, and then um, also gene edited them so they excrete that nitrogen to the corn crop. And then when you apply the product, um, either as a seed coating or liquid in furrow, those microbes grow with the corn crop during vegetative growth stages and supply nitrogen, really spoon feeding it to the crop um, over the course of the growing season. Before we jump over to Dan, Clayton, I don't know if you can put this encapsulated into kind of a short answer, but I get this question all the time. People say, well, how is this different than when I have soybeans? And so soybeans are legume and they, they produce nitrogen. It, it's a similar concept, but it's not the same. Am I right in saying that? Because I get that question all the time. It is a similar concept. Um, Just like those microbes, um, the microbes in our products are fixing nitrogen. They're taking nitrogen out of the air, supplying it to the crop. I think what really makes this different is uh, the the genetic editing approach that we have for our microbes, which are currently applied to cereal crops. So our our mode of action is nitrogen fixation and supplying that nitrogen to the crop. So it, it is slightly different that we're working with cereal crops and and we're gene editing them so that they continue to fix nitrogen even um, when nitrogen isn't limiting in the soil. Dan, I'll bring you in here, and, and certainly either one of you can speak to this, but we now have this product that's been around now for several seasons. I know I've used it for four seasons. Talk a little bit about how the technology that is applied on most farms, because we, we started with One Direction, and now that continues to blossom into other products and other ways to uh, use Pivot Bio. Well, um, Andrew, um, Clayton mentioned two real methods of delivering this product to the field that we currently have. Uh, and that's an, an, an on-seed uh, overcoat application that we refer to as on-seed. Uh, so think of it as uh, a lot of your pounds of nitrogen applied as a seed coating on-seed uh, that will allow you to deliver those microbes to the field via simply by planting seed and then having X amount of pounds of nitrogen delivered that way rather than uh, having machinery and gallons and gallons of uh, product going across the field. So Onseed is is one way that we incorporate that uh, onto the farm. So 
a simple seed over treat and farmers simply plant the seed. The other the other method that we use to deliver this product to the field is an infra application, which is quite commonplace in the ag marketplace. Uh, and generally that application either goes out with a water and other growth promoters or some sort of starter fertilizer in the trench with seed. So an infra application or an own seed application are the two ways that we're currently commercially delivering our microbes to the farm. Are there any, what we would call best practices, You do, do you think, or are either fine? And, and then when I use either one of those, are there any guidelines that I need to think about when using Pivot Bio to make sure that I get the, the best out of the product? Absolutely, Andrew. Um, let's start with the infra application. Um, the, the first thing with an infra is that you have a living microbe going into tank with other chemical or biological products uh, that are all going to reside in the tank together and then end up in the trench. And that microbe has to remain alive under that process. So there are certain things that you could put in the tank with this microbe that actually reduces your microbe count or in sometimes could actually kill your microbe and reduce its efficacy. So as a company, we have spent tons of money uh, in what we call a, a customer support or product success center in St. Louis. And the whole purpose of that lab is to work with customers. Uh, and in the case of Infura, if they have a custom fertilizer blend that they're using on their farm, uh, we can actually test the biological compatibility of that mixture with our microbes and then guide them on whether or not they can use that mixture or they need to tweak something in that mixture. Uh, so, so biological compatibility in the infra tank is something we have to take into consideration. And our reps and our commercial agronomists and our technical service managers all have access to information to guide customers on that infra application. Uh, another way of uh, best management practice in that situation to ensure that you deliver live microbes to the trench in an infra application is a lot of our customers have moved to direct inject, where that was the only thing that's in the tank, the direct inject tank is our microbes, and then they inject those uh, microbes into the trench in a separate stream, uh, and they both end up in the trench together. So, um, in-tank compatibility is something we address with our customers and provide support for. On the on-seed application, um, because the microbe is already applied to the seed, a lot of that compatibility issue from an in-tank or an infra application is pretty much remedied. So the seed goes in the ground and then your um, in infra mixture goes over top of the seed. And for the most part, we have really, really good safety um, with uh, those uh, chemicals and even some of the harsher chemicals that are biologically harsh, uh, we get good safety by applying uh, using an on seed application and then the infra going on top of that seed. So, um, but we have to take into consideration, Andrew, the fact that we are dealing with a living organism and we have to not only receive that product. Um, store that product correctly, handle that product correctly, mix it and deliver it so that you can ensure that you have a living microbe uh, delivered to the soil. Dan, we should mention here that 
obviously you're talking about how you work with farmers, but you have local reps and I work with my local rep and they have a lot of knowledge and knowing how farmers in my area are using it. I'm betting that you continue to rely on that local network even more so as, as Pivot Bio continues to expand to help farmers know exactly the best processes to use it, correct? Absolutely. We, we rely on those reps, Andrew, to uh, work with their customers, know what their customers are applying, how they're applying nitrogen. If they need to send in samples, we have a, a system by which they can send in samples. Uh, we give them the information back and they give that information to the customers on exactly how to use the product. So uh, in, in reality, I've never seen any other biological company go to that extreme to ensure that our, our customers are going to have a successful uh, um, uh, product experience. Clayton, I want to bring you back in here with a, a couple of questions that I get a lot from farmers. One is, is okay, how do I know that this is really working? Because I hear the story and then we, we hear all this and I wonder, okay, is, is it really working? And secondly, is there a way that I can know, okay, how much nitrogen is this really producing? Can I be guaranteed in that? Because we hear Pivot Bio say, well, uh, you know, it's the nitrogen that, that is there, whether or not. And so it's supposed to be weather resistant. Can you speak to kind of some of the, the science behind that about how I can know it's there and what I've got there that is not <laughs> leaving me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we do extensive research internally and with external partners, um, such as universities. Um, and so one, one of our big efforts um, is visiting with customers and, and taking measurements on farm. So um, measuring, collecting soil samples, collecting plant samples, and measuring in-plant nitrogen to see um, how much of an advantage you get when it comes to nitrogen actually delivered to the crop um, when you do and do not use uh, a Pivot Bio Proven 40. And so we, that, that's one of, one of our methods. Um, another method is, is collaborating with, with external universities. Um, we, in 2023, worked with over 20 different, uh, universities for, um, for trialing and, and, um, measuring, um, measuring in-plant bio, uh, in-plant nitrogen and, and plant biomass and, and the effects of microbial nitrogen on farm. Dan and Clayton, I also hear from farmers a lot that say, okay, if I know that that product's going to be there, then how do I figure out how much to use? And, and maybe this goes back to the conversation, Dan, that you and I just had about working with a local sales rep or looking, working with the Pivot Bio team. How do I begin to get a handle on, okay, how much do I use and, and how can I fit this into my program? How should I begin to think about those conversations? Well, I, I think the first step in that, Andrew, is having a, a conversation with the farmer that I call the nitrogen conversation. And that's fully understanding uh, how, when, and uh, how much nitrogen and in what forms a farmer is applying. Um, by doing that, you can kind of figure out uh, how much a farmer is either over applying or under applying or is that farmer on just the edge of what he needs or is he grossly over applied those are the things you have to assess to begin with to begin figuring out uh, how much and even then sometimes if a farmer can remove any nitrogen uh, from his system 
Uh, we know that if we put the microbe there, it colonizes on the plant roots. It will make nitrogen, and by the work that Clayton and the commercial team have done and our university partners, we know that more than likely that nitrogen is going to end up in the plant as extra nitrogen. So we know that that's going to happen. Most of the time with most of our customers, we can we can usually build a program that allows them to reduce somewhere between 25 and 40 pounds of nitrogen. But there are certain cases where maybe a region of the country is already nitrogen regulated. Uh, they're already told that they can only apply a certain, many, uh, a certain number of pounds of nitrogen in a given region. And because of that, they're already somewhat on the edge of being nitrogen starved. Or you have some of the uh, what we call the southeastern coastal plains that are extremely uh, prone to leaching, um, then some of those areas, uh, they might actually use this product as a supplement. So, so the secret is, number one, have the nitrogen conversation with the farmer. Figure out where he is in, in, in either over or under, under applying nitrogen. Uh, build a, a recommendation for reduction if you can. Uh, and then evaluate that program across the farm. Dan, you're taking me where I wanted to go because is the conversation then about as we move forward and thinking about farming practices and perhaps having to be more sustainable and having different programs out there, is this a bigger conversation about the the right type of nitrogen, if you will, or incorporating this in the pro my program because I've got to move in a certain direction uh, just to be more sustainable and keep up with technology and what uh, the demands are going to be. So if that's a good question, Andrew, and if you look at what's uh, really going on around the world, um, we know that in general, um, despite how extremely valuable uh, synthetic nitrogen is to the world in general, uh, we know that our use efficiency is really low. We generally get 40 to 60 percent in the plant if we're lucky. Uh, so there's another half of that nitrogen that's going somewhere else in the environment. And we continually get pressed more and more on, um, you know, we know you're over applying. How, to, how do you build a program where you can reduce some of that nitrogen? And that's kind of where our microbes fit into the picture. Uh, we know that we can, we can, Put our microbes out there. They'll fix nitrogen on the roots. That nitrogen is in immediate proximity to the roots. We know that it's available for a very efficient uptake directly into the plant. We've documented that it ends up in the plant. So we feel very comfortable that that biological nitrogen can replace some of the synthetic nitrogen that we're using uh, at, in what I call the nitrogen cushion. We know that, say, maybe on average in a given region, you need 180 units of nitrogen. Well, the farmer applies 220 units of nitrogen. And they do that for economic uh, viability, and, and justifiably so. So from an environmental standpoint, if we, can, if we can use this biological nitrogen to replace some of that synthetic nitrogen and the farmer get comfortable knowing that it's there, doing what it's supposed to do, then this becomes very much a sustainability tool and hopefully part of that long-term value proposition will be uh, a system where the farmer can also get uh, 
uh, credits for being able to reduce that nitrogen from the point at where he was originally before using Pivot Bio. Dan, you know, the first year I used Pivot Bio, the conversation that I had with most farmers is, is, okay, how much better did it yield? And, and I will admit that's what I did when I was in the combine. I looked at the yield monitor and depending on the year, I will hear different farmers say, okay, I saw a yield boost or I didn't see a yield boost. But to me, the biggest conversation that, that has changed in the four years is, is that, okay, yield is an important, you know, topic. But yield perhaps isn't the, the most important thing for us to think about. It's more of this, how do I replace it? How's it fit in the system? Am I wrong with that? Because to me, that has been the game changer for me is, is if I can replace a certain amount of nitrogen with this product, it's going to be better for me. I come up better economically. And so, yeah, you look at yield, but it's a much, much bigger conversation than that. Uh, absolutely, Andrew. I think I think the big picture should be on the overall long-term value proposition. What's the value of being able to reduce some nitrogen? Uh, can you maintain or exceed yields while reducing nitrogen? And in addition to that, can you capture some sort of nitrogen credit as part of that value proposition? So I think you need to think holistically about where this thing fits into the overall production system, if, if that makes sense. Just in the time that you've been with Pivot Bio, have you seen a shift in how farmers are deciding to use this or how they go about trying to make those decisions? Uh, absolutely, Andrew, and, and never underestimate the value of yield as a metric, okay? But you need to think of our biological nitrogen as if it hits the field, it lives, it colonizes, it makes nitrogen, and that nitrogen ends up in the plant. Then, then that microbe's pretty much done what it's supposed to do. And, and the criteria are the same for that microbe that, say, might be the same measurement criteria for your last 40 units of nitrogen. Uh, there are many, many years that you apply your last 40 units of nitrogen and you don't have a measurable yield difference to that nitrogen because maybe you didn't lose any nitrogen that year or maybe it was a dry year and you didn't need all of the nitrogen you applied. So there are going to be some years uh, where you can measure the difference in your last 40 units of nitrogen, some years where you can't. That's the same uh, for our microbial nitrogen. Uh, it It's out there. It's making the nitrogen. The nitrogen ends up in the plant. And sometimes uh, that uh, extra nitrogen ends up in yield and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, what we have found pretty clearly is that in years or environments or even individual spots in the field that lose a lot of nitrogen, you tend to measure a large yield advantage to where you put the micro. If you have perfect growing seasons and no nitrogen loss and the soils mineralize a lot of nitrogen, uh, then you may not be able to measure a yield difference in, so those, say, those spots in the field or in those years where you have extremely high use of synthetic nitrogen or the soil delivers a lot of nitrogen. So uh, yield is important, but the true measure is if it's a nitrogen-fixing microbe and you put it in the field, does it make the nitrogen and does that nitrogen end up in the plant and then have the ability to influence yield if the conditions are right uh, for that to end up in added yield. Yeah, you know, on a personal note, I would say that I've certainly seen that, that 
and, and boy, knock on wood, I, I hate to say this because it's going to bring a drought my way, but we've had some good growing seasons recently. And I don't think I see as much difference as some of my farmer friends who are dealing with more severe weather, whatever it may be. I think you're right. You see it shine when you have some of those those challenges. One other thing I wanted to ask you, I had this conversation with my local Pivot Bio rep uh, just a week or so ago, just thinking about some of the things that we hadn't thought about when we started down this journey. Talk about stock health and uh, standability, and we've had windstorms in our area in the summer and so forth. He talked about just looking at the plot before they even started harvest, just seeing a noticeable difference in the standability and the stock strength and so forth. What are some of those other things that you're seeing that maybe we we didn't think about when we started this, but said, oh, wow, that, that is important. And, and I will let Clayton chime in on, on this issue too, but I think the, the clear thing that we see, our customers see, our rep see, is we end up with a larger, healthier plant. And if you think about it this way, if you add extra nitrogen to a grass crop, what you end up with is a larger, healthier plant, both above and below ground. So the effect that we see from putting the microbe out there and measuring extra nitrogen in the plant is, is an effect very similar to extra nitrogen. So we, we see that extra plant health, uh, more healthy roots, larger roots, larger shoots, uh, and Clayton can speak to that as well. But um, that, is, that is certainly a consistent effect that our microbes have. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Dan. We, we've measured... Plant, plant biomass and plant nitrogen at thousands of locations or thousands of side-by-sides over the past couple of years. And we consistently see more nitrogen in the plant. And I think it's because we're with a microbial nitrogen, we're storing the nitrogen inside the plant and not necessarily in the soil. And so when we're thinking about um, synthetic nitrogen, where we're storing it in the soil, it's where it's susceptible to nitrogen loss, like you were talking about earlier. Uh, 40 to 60% of that nitrogen staying in the soil and, and not making it into the plant. There's actually a recent study out of the University of Illinois that looked at the efficacy of um, anhydrous ammonia and, and found that 72% of anhydrous that was applied in the fall didn't actually make it into the plant. So that's something that, that really excites me, that can, we're consistently seeing bigger, healthier, greener plants with more nitrogen in them when we're using Proven 40. Clayton, I want you to speak a little bit more to that because, you know, we were visiting there about the yield conversation, which is important, but you see it as a scientist. What are some of the added benefits that you're seeing in this conversation beyond yield, if you will? Yeah, I think I think Dan described it well. You, yield has always been a, a really important unit of measure for us, right? Um, but but I think now we, we have to think about it almost as the floor, and and we have other nitrogen products that are providing benefits on top of yield, and some of those things are increased consistency um, and efficiency and, and productivity. And so, like, like I mentioned with um, nitrogen efficiency in the study out of the University of Illinois, um, they, they all, uh, had follow-up studies where they were looking at how efficient can, uh, can we make our nitrogen. So if we, if we apply synthetic uh, um, as a side dress or we Y-drop later in the season, um, how much nitrogen can we get into the plant? And what, one of the big takeaways for, from those studies is that 
even when we use some of our most efficient applications, we still only get about 50% of that synthetic nitrogen into the crop that um, is supporting that, that biomass or supporting yield. So I think moving forward, we just take a more comprehensive approach to all the measurements and, and things we're considering with our nitrogen products. Dan or Clayton, feel free to, to jump in on this one. I know what I've done on my farm as far as testing and try to do some side-by-side, what I would call farmer trials. Uh, obviously, you have scientific trials and things going on in universities. But if I'm wanting to try something for the first time or I'm just getting started, any ways that you would say, here's a good way that I can begin to use the product or try it in the trial and, and figure out what's going to work well for me? Well, I'll, I'll jump in and then Clayton can certainly follow up. And, and, and I can only speak to yeah, a situation where I put myself in the shoes of the grower. If I've got this product and it comes to my farm the first time, the first thing I need to understand is with these type products, you need enough acres of this product to really gauge whether you have success or not. Uh, we've been able to offer farmers uh, nitrogen assurance guarantees, uh, guarantees where if they buy a certain amount of product, they can, uh, if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, uh, we've been very supportive of, uh, of those customers. So first of all, Get it on enough acres that you can really get a read on what's going on. For me, um, you know, I'm going to say, hey, if if they're telling me you can reduce 25 to 40 pounds, I'm going to probably set up a large blocks of my farm where I reduce nothing, where I do reduce 20 to 25 pounds, and large blocks where I reduce 40 pounds. And that might be my inaugural year and do that on a multiple, multiple fields and multiple acres. So you can get a read on it and then you can dial in where you think you might, this product might fit into your overall production scheme. And our long-term users that have been with us four or five years, uh, even since we released our first products, that's exactly what they've done. And they've gotten really good at understanding how to apply it, how it fits into their program, which fields benefit more than others. So, so there is a little bit of trial and error to kind of integrate these products in, into your farming operation. Clayton, I'll let you add there. Yeah, I, I think Dan covered it well. Um, I, I do think side-by-side testing on the farm is a great way to, to, um, to trial this product on, on your own farm, on your own soils. Um, just making sure we're doing our best to... Um, keep everything the same, keeping hybrid, keeping soil type, keeping all these things consistent. The only thing you change is reducing your synthetic nitrogen application by 25 to 40 pounds and then applying uh, the Pivot Bio product in, in place of that that uh, synthetic nitrogen. Yes, I will say for myself personally, I think the first year it was like uh, 15 or 20 acres and then expanded a little bit every year. and And that's worked well for me, just continuing to uh, do my own trials and continue to expand. And I think you're right. Yeah, you want to, you certainly want to be using enough acres to be able to have a, a good idea of where you're going. So I want to shoot the same question to both of you. Uh, you may have similar answer, but I know that you kind of come with different backgrounds within the company. What, what does success look like moving forward uh, with microbial nitrogen? Uh, as we look to the future, but even as we think about next growing season, what's success look like and what's the future look like? Uh, for the product. Clayton, I'll, I'll go to you, but I'd also love to hear what uh, what Dan has to say. 
Yeah, I think I think there's a couple things I'll try to try to keep it minimal. Um, you know, one of the big ones is is really embracing this, like I mentioned, a more comprehensive approach to to how we approach nitrogen in the future. Um, transitioning to or embracing a, a microbial nitrogen um, that is uh, predictable and, and productive on farm, um, but also minimizing the amount of nitrogen that that's lost to the environment at the same time. And, and Andrew, on a more technical side, I'll I'll kind of take a more technical approach. I I think success for the microbial nitrogen space and more largely for the living microbe or biological space in the industry is an industry that is able to produce, manufacture, and deliver in pretty simplistic ways um, healthy microbes that hit the field alive and do what they're supposed to do. So if we can do that as a nitrogen company and ensure that our our customers are getting uh, alive microbes that do what they're supposed to do and the effect is measured in the plant, uh, then that to me is overall success. And to follow up on what Clayton said, if we can get these, we can get our customer base to eventually get comfortable with the fact that, hey, these products are really a part of your nitrogen budget. And so if you start with your microbial nitrogen uh, and you equate that to X pounds on your farm that you've deemed works on your farm, then you build that right into your budget and uh, it becomes a part of your overall nitrogen budget long term. Let me go back to both of you before we wind up, simply thinking about whether it's things that we haven't discussed or just thinking about the future for the product and and what we see coming down the road, what would be the things that you'd want uh, farmers to know? Clayton, I'll, I'll go to you. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, think, thinking towards the future or some of the things that, that we'd want, want growers to know when using the product, I, I think it, they, it goes back to what Dan mentioned about uh, compatibility and stewardship. Um, we want to do everything our can, we can to get that that living microbe into the ground um, alive. And when we do that, it successfully colonizes and, and spoon feeds a reliable nitrogen to the crop over the course of the growing season. Um, overall, I, I just think it's a, a really exciting time to, to be in agriculture right now and, and to help growers increase their productivity by using microbial nitrogen and and in turn, helping them increase profitability on farm. And and, and I can build a little bit, uh, Andrew. Um, I concur with what uh, Clayton said there. Uh, I want the growers to understand that our products and, and a lot of other products in the biological space are living organisms, and we need to think about them a little differently than we do the chemicals sitting on the shelf. So that goes back to to handling, storage, application, mixing, all of the above. So, so that's point number one. I also want to understand that the microbes that Pivot Bio uh, are developing are different from your wild type fixers uh, in the marketplace that are uh, what we call repressed in the presence of nitrogen. So our microbes are designed to work in concert and in the presence of synthetic nitrogen uh, unlike wild type or native native soil microbes. Um, also, uh, they need to understand that these microbes 
uh, um, Clayton used the term spoon feed, okay? Uh, these microbes don't go out there and make 40, 50, 60 pound slugs of nitrogen at one time. Uh, they make nitrogen incrementally and slowly and spoon-fed over the growing season. So they have to take that into consideration when they build these things into their overall nitrogen program. Um, so, so those are some big ones I think they need to understand when they think about how they're going to use them and how they're going to incorporate them into their overall production uh, system. Clayton, we've talked a lot, of course, about uh, nitrogen, and that's obviously the, the topic here. But talk about other limiting nutrients and how this might impact the overall system that's going on in, in my field. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that is those are other measurements that we have to take into account when we're thinking about taking a more comprehensive approach to, to evaluating nitrogen. We also need to measure other, other nutrients. So I think potassium is a really good example. Um, you could get nitrogen completely right, but but if we don't have enough potassium available in the soil, um, that that can be your yield limiting factor because we know that nitrogen is being taken up in about a one to one ratio with potassium. So I think it's really important just to make sure we're also considering um, considering other nutrients that that are required or essential for for plant growth and development. Dan and Clayton, I appreciate the time. I know that I have learned a lot, and I'm hoping that others, whether they have used uh, the product or not, they have learned a lot as well. And I'm sure that they can always uh, reach out to either one of you or go to pivotbio.com, their local sales rep, for always great resources. They have been for, for me as well. So I hope that uh, they've gotten a lot of those questions answered, and they know how to get those questions answered as well. But thank you both. You're welcome, and thank you for having us. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside.